0: Please rise for the reading of God's Word. Today we'll be reading in the book of Matthew, chapter 6, verses 25 through 34. The book of Matthew, chapter 6, verses 25 through 34. Do not be anxious. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body. What you will put on, it is, not, is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap, nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more value, more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field. your heavenly Father knows that you need them all, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, for all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble.
1: Amen. You may be seated. Let me pray. God, we thank you for today. Um, We thank you for just all that you have done, Lord, and And I know that for many of us, we may be struggling with anxiety. We may be dealing with worry. And it may be to the point where it's crippling. But God, I pray that through this word, that even though it may be uncomfortable to hear at times, God, I pray that it would penetrate our hearts and that it would help us to see the truth of how you love us and that through your love, we are able to overcome fear because perfect love casts out all fear. And so we believe that, we trust that, we love you. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray, amen. Now, today's sermon is called uh, Anxiety and Worry. You know, St. Augustine, he was this bishop uh, in North Africa around 400 AD. He was this philosopher, he was uh, a theologian, and he was actually really pivotal in how the early church uh, was shaped. Now, there's this story of when Augustine was 19 years old. Uh, he reads this dialogue by a philosopher named Cicero that stated that every person sets out to be happy, but the majority are thoroughly wretched. Cicero pointed out that no one dreams as a child of one day growing up to be miserable, right? Right? And yet so many people's lives are characterized by conflict, frustration, and unfulfilled longings. And so Augustine, he hears hears this at age 19, and it intrigues him. And it ends up becoming his lifelong goal in finding out why there are so many people that are so discontent with their lives. And so for him, as he continues to grow in his faith and in his knowledge and in his experience, he writes this book that's called Confessions. Now, this book has been absolutely crucial in the understanding of the early church and how, the, how for our faith has grown to this point. And you see, in this book, one of the big points that he makes, one of the thesis statements that he says is that the reason we are so unhappy is because for most of us, our loves are disordered. Augustine was convinced that what defines a person more than anything else is what they love. He said that you can see the essence of who they are not by what they say and not by, what they, not by how they act, but by what they care about the most. He said that when we ask if someone is a good person, what we are asking is not what they believe or what they hope for, but rather what they love. He says the reason we are deeply unhappy is because we have disordered loves. You See, for many of us, when we were in elementary school, They would give us a piece of paper and they would tell us to write down what we wanted to be. Do you remember that? And I guarantee you that there is no child in the history of the world that has ever written down I want to be unhappy or I want to be filled with anxiety and be constantly worried. And yet for us, so many of us, we are dealing with anxiety and fear constantly. For some of us, it may be just something in the back of our minds that is this nagging voice that is constantly telling us that we need to be worrying about this one thing, that we should have anxiety over this other thing. And yet for some of us, it can be so crippling. To the point where it gets difficult to wake up and get out of bed in the morning. You see, anxiety and worry, they mark our lives. And Jesus, he knows this. For us, we're in our series on the Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus is giving the most famous sermon that has ever been preached. And for this passage in particular, he begins to preach and talk and teach about anxiety. In fact, he repeats, do not be anxious, do not be anxious, do not be anxious, three times. And for him, he knows how difficult this can be for so many people. It plagued the people back then, and it plagues us today. And guess what? In the future, it will continue to plague our lives. And so because of this, he goes straight to the heart of the problem. And so for a lot of us, this can be uncomfortable for us to hear. But the only way that we will have freedom from worry is to allow the truth of God to penetrate our hearts. You see, he talks fire in this. But at the same time, he is willing and able to carry us gently through it. And so let's look at this together. You see, Jesus, he says that we are filled with anxiety for two reasons. The first is because our loves are disordered. What we should love first, we end up loving last. And the things that we love last, we should end up loving first. And the second reason he says that you are filled with anxiety is because you lack faith that God is good. Verse 25, it says this, Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. What you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. You see, Jesus says that anxiety comes into our lives because our priorities are wrong. We put too much value On things that do not matter in the long run. You see, in this verse, it seems kind of strange because we never had to worry about whether we would eat or not. We never had to worry about whether we would have clothes or not. But Jesus, He is not talking about food or clothing, He's talking about our priorities. You need to focus on the last part of the sentence Is not life more than food? Is the body not more than clothing? We put too much value on things that do not matter in the long run. See, fear and anxiety, they are connected to what you value. The more value you give something, the more worry you will have over it. Look, money is important. There is nothing wrong with money. In fact, money is a good thing in order to accomplish the vision that God has given this church for global missions, for supporting people, for continuing on with the call that God has given us. We need offering and tithes. But what becomes a sin is when money becomes too important. And that's when anxiety is going to rule over your life. Let me give you an example. One of my first cars that I ever owned was a 1997 light blue Toyota Previa. Her name was Betty, and I loved her. She was egg-shaped. It was, it was a great car. But I knew, I knew, because I, I looked on Kelly Blue Book and stuff, that her monetary value was next to nothing, okay? <laughs> and there are times... In my life, when I would be driving her and it would be fine and all that stuff and I would come out of the car and I would realize that there was a dent or a scratch that that someone would have done to my car. And you know what? I would look at it, I would be concerned, but at the same time, it wouldn't be the end of the world. It wouldn't. I would be like, okay, well, you know what? She's older, it's okay, it happens. Years ago, A couple, a few years ago, when I was in school, I ended up buying my first car. I, I, you know, I got money, I saved up money, and I started to do monthly payments and all that stuff. It was my first time I really had that kind of a big purchase. I remember a couple of weeks after I bought it, I went to a gas station, and there was this small pole that was there. I didn't see it, and I ended up opening my car door and hitting the car door upon that small pole. The scratch itself was not very noticeable. It was at the very bottom of the car, so you're not going to be able to see it until, unless you kind of look down. But in that moment, I thought my life was going to end. I was so absolutely upset. I was furious, in fact. You see, there's nothing wrong with taking care of your car, but you see, anxiety and worry come in when we put value on things that should not have that much value in our lives. We put value on things that are meant to be last, and we put them in first. And so when that first thing comes apart and tears apart, then our lives fall apart as well. Was there really a difference between my old car and my new car? They had the same function, they did the same thing, and yet I put more value on one, and therefore my life was dependent upon it. Church, are you worried about your future? Are you worried about your future job prospects? Are you worried about your children? Are you worried about your job? Are you worried about these, all these different things Why is it that so many of us have so many similar worries and similar problems and yet for so many of us, the condition of our hearts are so radically different? It is for one reason. It's because those who are constantly up and down, those who have anxiety and worry ruling your life, it's because God is not the center of your heart. That's why. You see, the opposite of anxiety is peace. And the Bible says peace is a type of steadiness that comes from trust that God is in control. Philippians 4, 6 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God will result. The Bible says peace comes from putting God first. Peace does not come from having everything you want. Many of us think, maybe if I had just a little bit more. Maybe if I just had this, I would be happy. If I just had more money, if my kids just did this a little bit better, if my life was different in this just one way, but church, anxiety and worry is not a circumstance issue. It's a heart issue. Verse 26 says, Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? The Bible says that if God cares and provides for the birds that are of so much lesser value than you, Will he not also even more take care of you? See, that's the first reason why we are filled with anxiety, is because our loves are disordered. Let's go into the second reason. Verse 27, it says, And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? See, back then, there was bread that was made daily in the morning, and what they would do is that they would make the bread and distribute it out into the community, And that's why in the Lord's prayer, it says, give us this day our daily bread. It was just enough for that one day. And in order to bake the bread, they wouldn't use trees or anything like that. They would actually use the grass and the flowers to fuel the ovens. And so every day they would pick up these these flowers that were so beautiful and they would throw it into the furnace. They would throw it into the oven. You see, church, the clock on our lives are ticking. And a lot of us, we don't want to talk about death. And yet Jesus, in this verse, he is very upfront about it. For us, we cannot add a single hour into our lives. And you know, for some of us, some of us will live up to 80 or 90. But for many of us, we're not going to be able to reach that age. And so maybe you're saying, Pastor Danny, you know, for me, I'm worried, but my worry is well-founded because for me, I've been through so much. My life has been torn apart. And so for me, when I look into the future, I have every right to be anxious. It makes sense for me to be worried. Church fear and anxiety are destructive in our lives, but God has given us a weapon to fight it. And that weapon is faith that God is ultimately good and that he loves you. You know, there's something called the providence of God. And it's that the belief that good things and bad things are used by God as a part of his ultimate plan. For us, you... You will never be able to overcome the fear and anxiety in your life without the belief that God is in control and that he knows what you need, when you need it, better than you. Romans 8.28 says, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. The Bible again and again talks about this providence, one of my favorite examples that I have said again and again is when Joseph meets his brothers. And this is after all that they've done to him, and so they're coming to him in fear and in shame. Because for, what, for, because for them, they sold him into slavery. And for Joseph, he ends up going to prison. He ends up spending years there. He ends up being betrayed by his friends and his family. And finally, he looks at them and instead of looking at them in anger or mistrust or hurt or worry, he says, look, what you intended for evil, God, he meant it for good. And so I trust in that one thing. Church, do you trust in that, that even in the hardest times of your life, That even when you look in the future and it looks so bleak and so dark, when you are praying and those prayers are not answered, can you still say this one thing? That yes, maybe Satan is trying to do things for evil. Yes, maybe the people here are sinful and we are trying to go towards the wrong way. And yet even in those things, God is able to use it for good. That God, he still has those things in control. That God, he is still more powerful than those things. Do you believe that? Do you believe that without a shadow of a doubt? Because if you really do believe that, then there should not be anxiety and worry in your heart. Yes, of course, there will t- t- times will come when you will all of a sudden feel that twinge in your heart, when you will feel something, when you feel worried, when you feel fear. But it's in those moments when you will have to remember what God has done in your life. You will have to remember the character of who your God is and remember That good or bad, he works all things. That he is in control of all things. That he loves you. And I know this is so difficult for a lot of us to hold. Because for so many of us, we are divided in our hearts. We know that God loves us and that he sent his son to die on the cross for our sins. We know that he cares for us and that he will be faithful in providing what we need. And yet we are so fearful because in the back of our minds, we have this one thought, what if God doesn't come through? What if, what if God isn't able to provide And so for many of us, we believe, but we don't really believe. We believe in the gospel, and yet we don't know if we can believe that he's going to take care of our children. We don't really know if we can believe that he's going to really take care of our future. We don't know if we can really believe if he's going to take care of our money or our relationships. You see, the word anxiety in the Greek, it literally means to be in pieces. In Luke 10, there's a story of Jesus being invited to the house of Mary and Martha. And in this story, Martha is running all over the place trying to get dinner ready. She's going back and forth, back and forth, doing all of these different things. And it says that her mind was anxious, that she was divided and distracted but Mary her sister it says that she was sitting at the feet of Jesus just listening to him and in that moment Martha she gets upset and asks Mary to help her prepare But you see, Mary in that moment doesn't care that there were a million things to do. She doesn't care that they had to do all these other things. She's just focused on listening to Jesus. And Jesus looks at Martha, and he says, look, why are you so anxious? Mary, you see, she has found the one thing she needed, but you are in pieces for no reason. Verse 33 says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Church, are you anxious? Are you worried? Check what you love. For many of us, our loves are disordered. Put him first. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness with everything you have. And you see, God will take care of the rest. There's a story of Queen Elizabeth, who back then, she, Queen Elizabeth I, who once told a man that she wanted him to go with her on a voyage to the new world. And she asked him to go because she trusted in his work ethic, she trusted in his skill set, and she realized that his skills were needed for their voyage. And this man, he looks back at her and he looks at her in trepidation and says, look, I'm just a small businessman and for me, honestly, my business is not even doing that well. I know that you think highly of me, but if I go, I I think I'm just going to end up ruining whatever you have planned. And so she looks at him and she says, My friend, you mind my business and I'll mind your business. And in that moment, he knew that he had nothing to fear because he had the backing of the Queen of England. And so he knew that if he just did his work well, the work that she had appointed him, then she would take care of everything else. What is there to fear? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Jesus is giving you the same deal. When you put your priorities in the right place, he will take care of the rest. You mind his business, he'll mind yours. So don't worry. Don't worry. Our God is a good God. You can trust him. This world is full of fear and anxiety and worry. It is. But we can be thankful in that because we serve a God who is in control. Even when we don't see it, even when the, the path in front of us is dark, all he asks us to do, he says, do not be anxious. Just mind my business because I'm going to mind yours. I'm going to take care of you. So church, do not be divided. Do not let your heart be divided. Do not let your mind be divided. Just sit at his feet. Listen to him. And he will take care of you. Amen? Let's pray.